Hello, welcome to another uh, Robinson Ralph podcast. This is the last one in the series. We're going to take Ray. a break. Um, that that whooping and cheering you hear from from behind me, well, not really behind me, uh, from the screen, is David Silito. Um, Hello, everybody. Um, I was really just trying to evoke the feelings of a nation to <laughs> a break from the Robinson Ralph podcast. I absolutely love them. I think you're flattering yourself that a nation <laughs> knows they even exist, let alone has any kind of feelings about them. Um, and then we've got also Samuel, call me Sam Higgins, Higmeister General, the Higginator, um, Higgins, all of those perfectly acceptable nicknames if you see them in the street. I feel I feel I can't add anything to that. And in regards to Dave's emotion about the end of the podcast, I'm hoping the the lack of emotion I was able to muster up describes my feelings towards it. So, is it the end of the podcast? It's not the end of the podcast forever. Now, is it? just for just for yeah. now, just for well, now. But unless... then the, the nation will be will be devastated. And just to clarify, I didn't necessarily mean the United Kingdom. Which which nation do you suspect will have raw symptoms? Um, Vanuatu. Well, I mean, I can't prove that they wouldn't. <laughs> So, um, anyway, so we thought we'd go out with a relatively interesting case. Well, it's interesting. Whether we can make it interesting is another matter. It'll probably be tedious as usual. But it's the case of uh, Anne Giwa Amu, the the Department for Work and Pensions. Now, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will know that we're fans of abbreviations. So, the D. What would you abbreviate the Department of Work and Pensions to? The DFWAP. Um, okay. The flap. Um, <laughs> the flap. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think other people would commonly abbreviate it incorrectly, in my opinion, to DWP. But of course, that misses out the F and the A for four and and. So I, I would abbreviate it to the flap, but other people might um, abbreviate it to. Whoop. So, I mean, can I just say, if we, if we offer no other insights over the course of this podcast, and we won't, some might say that's highly probable. Yeah. Um. Then that insight is worth listening alone. I'd say it's a guarantee, Dave. I won't say it's possible. I think it's a guarantee. Yeah. I'd say that's one of my favourite abbreviations that we've done. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to talk with this case. Um, it's been reported widely in the press. Um, we did a LinkedIn post on it, but thought it was um, interesting enough that we could talk about it. Time will tell. So who's going to talk about it? I'll do Sam. the honours. There you go. Last one in the series. So here we go. So the claimant in this case, she was appointed as an administrative officer. Now, she was of Nigerian and Welsh origin. And within her training group, she was the only non-white trainee And she was also uh, the only trainee over the age of 50. Uh, She was 55 years old. Now, she started her induction on the 13th of February 2017, which was due to finish on the 17th of March. Now, between mid-February and early March of 2017, there were several incidents which occurred within um, the claimant's training group. Now, a lot of the issues seem to... um, be in relation to Mrs Cartwright so some of the instances which took place we've just picked out some of the um the significant ones so 
the claimant was told by Mrs Cartwright that it was racist to say that it always rained in Wales. Um, the claimant was regularly criticised for complaining about the weather, and whenever she mentioned it, um, she would be mocked, particularly by Mrs Cartwright, who said that she was giving her usual weather report. There was also another instance of the claimant being accused of stealing ice cream. Other trainee colleagues um, that were in the, the claimant's group, they even noticed this themselves and did ask uh, Mrs Cartwright, who was the one that would regularly accuse the claimant of stealing the ice cream, to stop doing so. Yet despite this, it still carried on. There was also an instance of uh, deodorant being sprayed near the claimant. Um, it was known that she didn't like, um, you know, over the over powering sort of scent of deodorant being sprayed um, in her vicinity but that continued to that continued to take place and finally and I must just say this was mine and Dave particularly um, we, we found this one strange but interesting at the same time there was a colleague again Mrs Cartwright usually who span around in a chair that was next to the claimant and the indications are that by doing so, she was trying to make the claimant feel sick. So that was a bit of a strange one. But anyway, it's all part of the, the list of events. Now, these incidents ultimately led to the claimant being signed off work with um, work-related stress and depression. And eventually, we fast forward to October of 2017, the claimant was dismissed uh, for not being able to return to work. Now, prior to the dismissal the claimant submitted um, an employment tribunal claim in June 2017 for race and age discrimination now the respondent when they dismissed the claimant they actually withheld the claimant's final paycheck now the claimant was living at the time on 55 pound per week and she was in serious financial hardship and um, so you can imagine her uh, disdain when the respondent wrongly demanded repayment of 2000 pounds in January of 2018. So we fast forward to the um, to the hearings and the outcome is that the Employment Tribunal upheld 12 of the 19 complaints of direct discrimination, victimisation or harassment relevant to race and age. And uh, the words from the judge were that the respondent staff had deliberately created a hostile environment for the claimant. And then Last but not least, the issue of remedy. Um, the claimant was awarded a total of £42,809.32 for injured feelings and interest thereon, £31,102.57 in respect of her past losses and interest thereon, and finally, a total of £169,723.95 in respect of her future losses, which makes a grand total, by my maths, of £243,635.84. Joe, I think there is actually a bit of a, a bit of a typo in the judgment. I think they, they credit it as ten grand less than it actually adds up to. Right, uh, <laughs> you would, yeah, but uh, but reportedly that is the but that's what the figures add up to. So um, so yeah, there we go. Big uh, expensive claim for uh, for the respondents. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the notable things from reading that judgment was that the DWP's um, uh, training and education around equality issues was 
massively deficient. I think in the induction, there was one slide that said Equality Act 2010, and none of the trainers, when asked in evidence, could say what the actual training um, in induction on equality and diversity was. So the tribunal felt that there either was none or it was wholly unfit for purpose. Um, people were asked about what training they'd had during the course of their employment. And they said, yeah, I think I've had some. I couldn't tell you when it was or what it contained, but I think I've had some. I mean, for a government department employing presumably thousands of people to have um, no training in the induction process, um, to not have that uh, sort of important aspect addressed in, um, in, in, in ongoing training seems to me to be massively uh, deficient. Um, you know, as employment lawyers, um, we can do that. We can come in and deliver training. So if the DWP are listening, um, feel your employees need, your managers need some training on equality and diversity issues, get us involved if I haven't alienated you um, too much already by my description of the judgment. So what have you two been up to? Um, I went into the office yesterday. That was exciting. Quite an experience. It felt a little odd to go into the office and sit there at my desk for a, for a little while. But, um, you know, I'm kind of, uh, it, you know, I got used to it by the end of the day. And I'm kind of looking forward to that being, being a bit more normal, to be honest. Have you not been getting out in the sun, Sam, getting super tanned? No, no, I'm on. I'm on warning every time. I mean, at the weekend when it were roasting, I, I was the only one. I would say probably within a five mile radius who had any form of long sleeves on because it's literally. Go around and check. Well, I didn't need to. I mean, everyone just out, you know, having the time of their life in their t-shirts and their shorts, whereas there's me in the long sleeve polo because it will literally take ten sec ten minutes. I would say before I start feeling a bit of a burn on the yeah. arm, and I'm not joking there either. Why don't you use sun cream? Because I can't be bothered with the constant reapplication. Just put a, just put a shirt on and minimise it. And plus your hands so, get all sticky. So what do you do when you go on a cold day to ski and sound? You put on a full tux or something when you go to the yeah, beach? Well, that's different then because you're going into an environment where, you know, you expect that. You don't expect to be, you know, sunburned in this country, particularly in... Particularly in Bradford as well. You obviously do expect it, Sam. You obviously do expect it because that's why you put on the jumper. I figure there's a risk of sunburn. It's not that you don't expect yeah, but I it. It's not, Sam, it's not that you don't expect it. It's that you resent it. Well, you either way, it. I'm not putting sun cream on in my own country. All right. <laughs> what about if you moved house to Italy? Well, that's, oh, that's different, yeah. It goes with the territory. But, okay. And plus it's cheaper out there as well. So, What, suntan lotion? Yeah. How much cheaper? I'd say probably a couple of quid at least cheaper. <laughs> Is that just yeah, like what empirical research have you done to <laughs> uh, to justify such a but bold There's no empirical research. research that my memories, I remember going to Italy and being caught short with some cream and then think, buying some and thinking, God, I wish it was this cheap back home. What was the price? Something like, I don't know. Something like five, six euros, something five like that. Five or six euros. What was the price in England? Well, for the for the good stuff, you're talking like nine or ten quid, aren't you? Nine or ten quid. So it's good. Four, four or five quid more. How much yeah. was the good stuff on holiday? I don't know. The, the shop didn't have any. This is um, falling. I mean, Sam, your credibility is absolutely shot. How can I trust anything you say ever again? <laughs> 
just put it this way. I don't want. I don't want to be. Di- I don't want to be putting sun cream on in my own country. Having to wash my hands every time I put it on. Just put a long sleeve t-shirt on. It'll pass. It'll go behind the cloud eventually, and then you don't have to worry about it. Unfortunately, on Saturday it didn't, and I've got the sunburn to prove but it. If Sam, if it's going to go behind a cloud, you don't need to reapply suntan lotion. I do. I drink it. My skin drinks it. Well, maybe that's where you're going wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's well, my genetic makeup. My genetic makeup is what's wrong here. That's how we say. I mean, this sounds. This is worse than your throwing yogurt pots at the moon incident last week. <laughs> and I've still not got over that, have you? No. Are you sure they weren't empty suntan lotion bottles? Well, they might have been. <laughs> well, here's another question, Sam. So, whenever you're buying the suntan lotion, where were where were you abroad when you had this epiphany that you wondered? You, you, sorry, you, you thought, oh, lamented that it wasn't as cheap at home as it is abroad. I was in Italy. Right. But why would you lament the difference in price if you don't buy it in England? What, what does it matter what the price is in England? Well, I don't buy it in England, but I see it on the shelf. But why do you have an opinion on the price of it? I say, oh, which it was as cheap at home if you never buy it? Well, because I'm, I'm speaking, there'll be somebody listening to this who's probably... Who's probably had that problem? I don't need to have personally had no, the but, problem to understand no, there is a problem. No, no, but Sam, when you were having this thought, you didn't know that you were going to be doing a podcast. So why did you have that thought? What well, I'm thinking, on whatever podcast, this information comes in useful. Yeah, you make an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh, leave it there. Really, well, I know. Is... Well, put it this way. I know what I mean, and I'm sure there'll be somebody listening who knows what I mean as well. So it's I like will a closing leave it speech. That is my closing speech, yeah. But I know what I mean. I'm sure somebody else somewhere out there might also know what I mean. And those end the submissions for the respondents, sir, <laughs> unless there's any further questions. Oh, respondent now. <laughs> we, we also do advocacy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, on, that, on, on, that, on that bombshell, um, should we call it a day? And what happens yep. now, dear listeners, we've been talking for about 40 minutes. Sam will now edit out the guff. So what you hear, believe it or not, is is the best of what we said. So you can only imagine what's been left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> but you will only ever imagine it. It will be deleted forever. Yeah. Of this, if we put together like a, like a B-sides... They used to do in the old Out days. Outtakes. It, it's not, it would just be like, oh. Can we get them in vinyl form, actually? I'd quite like that. <laughs> vinyl of B-sides from Robinson Ralph podcasts. It would be straight. Like item. Yeah, it would be straight in the Woolworths discount bin, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, or just in any bin, to be quite honest. Yeah, in fact, they'd make it. They'd just ship it straight <laughs> to the tip. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, okay, so that's the end of the podcast for this episode and for this series. Um, I'm not going to say I hope you've enjoyed it because, you know, you won't have done. Too much to ask for. Um, bye. Bye. See you later.